Good morning and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything business to business sales. My name is Heidi Solomon Orlick, and I'm the founder and CEO of Girls Who Sell. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Lena Dyashandran. She has worked with IBM and Microsoft. She is currently founder of Tanstify Company, which is a company that empowers sellers to stay ahead and in a constantly changing market by helping to shift their mindset and change perspective. She is also an independent consultant for Miller-Hyman Group, a sales training organization now part of Corn Ferry. Lena is our first, what I hope to be, many international guests who is calling in from Dubai in the United Arab, Arab Emirates. Lena, thank you for joining us today. Such a pleasure to be on board and uh... Thank you for the introduction, Adi. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be a part of such a movement. I like what you said. It's a movement. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So why don't we start with you talking a bit about your background and your journey into sales. Um, you know, you have had such an interesting uh, journey into leadership, working both on the the client side and then being in entrepreneurship and being being a trainer. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 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 I've been I've been across all uh you know all the terrains if I have to call that. <laughs> yeah, I started my uh, selling career in 95. Um so that's that's been like you know two two to three decades back. Uh, and uh, for me, sales, the, the definition of sales and why I got into it is because uh, it was about connecting with people. That was the basic uh, reason why I felt sales is one uh, segment or one area uh, which really gets you to talk to multiple people. And I've been a talker. Uh, so uh, I, I love to be among people. I like to understand them. Um, you know, I like to solve problems. That's been, I mean, unconsciously, it's not that or let me go and solve problems kind of a thing it was and it was a uh, it was something there always in my mind that i want to hear and solve problems help solve problems so that was my first uh, one of the reasons why i moved into sales and i the little i knew about it in you know in those days it was not so prominent that women moving into sales uh, so um, i started very in a very small organization uh, just to sell educational CDs. And that's how my journey through sales started. Um, and um, then I moved on to, uh, you know, working with, and, and uh, I think it was not conscious about moving into the IT sector, but uh, it somehow happened uh, because the, uh, the, uh, the boom, uh, you know, of the IT between 94, when the internet came into, into existence, everybody was, you know, that, that was a talk. Uh, about technology and uh, so I kind of got inclined towards looking for opportunities in the technology field and that's how my entire journey my entire career was in the technology field so I worked with Microsoft I worked with IBM but what clearly happened was um, when I started off uh, I felt that if you have to be in the selling world 
you need to understand both sides from the customer side and from your internal uh, team you know we call it the internal mm-hmm. customers um so so that's one of the reasons where i consciously moved into different roles so every time i moved out of an organization i picked a new role which was never done for me you know so i started with product man- ma- management then i moved into channel management which is completely different then i moved into corporate selling which is completely different so every time i moved it was challenging but i felt this is the only way to really um understand all sides if you want to be a rounded professional uh, all sides of uh, you know selling so today if you ask me i i've i've handled channel distribution product marketing um you know corporate selling uh, direct selling you know retail selling so you know in my 25 years i've i've gone through those uh, so it was a tough um, a tough journey uh, one because unlike now you don't look to find for mentors right and like now like you and me are talking about it we're making we are we're reaching out to people i mean you're doing such a fabulous job by empowering you know a uh, woman or female who would like to be in sales and helping them understand that it's not as as challenging as you want to think about it so there could be mentors you could reach out to which was not the case in those days um and then when you walk into the organizations in that in that role you just do what you feel is right unlike probably uh, you know i don't want to be gender differentiating here but then it is the fact that men would uh, naturally move into the sales um, you know uh, kind of a profile so they would have done a little more reading about it they would have connected their natural instinct of connecting and understanding about the role uh so that was my challenging part and so you didn't have mentors you didn't know whom to talk to so you do what you uh, you you feel is right and then learn as you go i think that's the toughest part for the for was the toughest part for me and i do see that that is the toughest part for a lot of females because asking and knowing is a little bit of inhibitions that if i ask what do they feel you know do they think i don't know mm-hmm. and women want to do it all perfect right as 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 their personality is such so um that has been in nutshell my journey yeah wow that is there's so much to to really um unpack there um and so many great nuggets of wisdom so want to talk a little bit more about you know one i love the fact that your path was not linear and one of the things that we found actually is that sales is uh, a gateway to the is a gateway to the C suite right um so right. about 20% of women who currently hold um C level positions within major corporations and it's even higher for women who have pivoted from corporate into entrepreneurship some part of their journey along the way has been in enterprise sales or in in complex yeah. sales. So um you know I, I think it's interesting I I love the idea that you were became very intentional about taking positions in different parts of an organization um as a part of your leadership journey. So let's talk a little bit more about that because I I that is unusual not not everyone does that. If they do maybe they fell into it 
Um, Hmm. But, you know, for me as an example, I mean, I've been in sales, I've been in sales leadership, but I've pretty much done sales, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that. But where, you know, what was your mindset um, to think about taking positions in um, and multiple roles within the different organizations that you work for? Yeah, I think fundamentally, I was always, I mean, I was always told that if you need to, uh, I wouldn't say perfect, but if you want to see yourself in one, in a position in a couple of years where you are a rounded professional about a particular subject of which is now here, we're talking about sales, then you got to go through that entire, you know, you need to have experience in all pockets of of selling. It could be channel, it could be product marketing. So when when I, uh, you know, for every anything for that matter, you know, they say that if you really want to run a business, you need to know the entire value chain. Mm-hmm. You need to know what's happening in operations. You need to know what's happening in procurement. So only then you kind of really understand um, and step in wherever there's a challenge because you know you've gone through that experience. So that was one of the key reasons why I felt that, um, you know, sometimes I used to feel that it's not a great thing to do because it's like starting from zero again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every time you have to prove yourself because you're, you're going up there and then again coming down and again picking up. But then then I felt that uh, ultimately my goal was to be a sales consultant. And, uh, you know, I'd rather dig deeper deeper than digging wider uh, mm-hmm. in that particular concept of, of sales. So, um, you know, so that was one of the major reasons because I wanted to be a, cons- a sales consultant who can share the experience of different areas of working so, and, and create, and I always wanted to create a mentorship program because like I said, that's one thing which I felt I missed out quite a bit about You know, if you had mentors, they could channelize you on picking the right things, the right roles, and then you kind of grow in that area. So I felt that if you have an experience about it, you can share that knowledge. And fundamentally, that was the reason uh, I consciously picked roles. And sometimes it just came to me. Some maybe, you know, sometimes you say that what your mind is driving towards, you look for getting that, you know, so... So I think sometimes it came to me, sometimes I consciously went and picked those roles. So what was available, I picked. So that's typically the reason. Of, yeah, that's uh, great. That's really great. Um, it's kind of the concept of taking two steps back to get five steps forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I really love that. To put it. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you have incredible experience in working Um, for international organizations and then as a sales consultant working with customers around the world. Talk to me about international sales and what it's like to be a woman, you know, in tech sales in, in, you know, the UAE, which is not, you know, I guess, you know, perhaps I'm biased (laughs) Um, and I'll own that. Um, But it, it, you know, having done work in that part of the world myself, you know, I know that, you know, it still is predominantly male, particularly from a sales perspective. And you've broken that glass ceiling, right? And you're doing work with organizations around the globe. So talk to me a little bit about that. See, I think the cultural difference is always, uh, it'll always be there. Um, And, uh, 
to some extent, I feel sometimes we create our own barriers. Sometimes, you know, we create our own barriers because we have that perception about will we be accepted in this profession because of whatever you hear around. Um, so the way I looked at it was that how do I convert those challenges into my benefit? You know, um, you know how do how do I use my best uh, personality of being empathetic of, of wanting to you know step back and listen to your the other opposite person because these are so important factors of of a sales professional. You're mm-hmm. so tuned to having a conversation. You want to share so much of information that you you know you sometimes can go overboard. So I said, let's take a step back and say and think about how do I create uh, you know these negatives into positive because there's already a perception that oh you're in sales I've asked, I've been asked so many times this question that oh you've been in sales so maybe it was easier also for you because as a woman they don't want to push you back so maybe they're nice to you never happened. You know, clients. <laughs> Sales is hard. Clients. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Absolutely. You it still have to prove your value and and worth and, and why they should buy their, never had buy that. the product yeah. or service, right? Totally. I never had the leverage of saying that. Oh, you're a woman. Let me give you the PO. No, I mean it doesn't happen because at the end of the day, the client is also answerable internally for why right. he or she is, you know, gone ahead with uh, with. Uh, with the cl- so I felt that let me use the advantages of you know as a woman we are extremely strong mentally and this is something nobody can debate right mentally and at the same time you're emotionally also so strong you know so why don't you use that strength in making sure that you transpire that into your conversation with your client you know listen to the person understand why he or she needs your solution have a conversation spend time in discussing what could you add value? All of these things, I kind of used it to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And then I was heard, you know. Um, yes, initially it was it was difficult to get through to the client because it's like, oh, she's come. Uh, what do you know about? I mean, I know you're trying to push me a product. Um, I'm not, um, you know, I'll, I'll let you know about it. You know, they don't want to clearly tell you that they're not interested to talk to you, but they create all these excuses. But then if you can actually set that expectation, they're open to listen to you. So the way I looked at it is, um, you know, I use that as an advantage. And I think it's a perception that UAE is male dominated. Honestly, it is not. It does. It does give you that um, that space, uh, that respect. In fact, they give, they give you that respect to be part of the ecosystem. How much they accept is a... I don't know. I can't go deep down, but my experience has been that they've given that space quite really well to, you know, to female uh, individuals, especially in sales or any other profile for that matter. So it's a worldwide perception that it's a male-dominated. Maybe it's a very conservative region. I I've not seen um, any other region as open as this region. To be really honest. Yeah, I, well, I love to hear yeah. that, right? I um, I yeah. think that's that's great. I think we have to break some of that myth, right? Um, yes. And yes. Um, so, do you? I I'm interested because I I do have a lot of international sales experience, selling in all different parts of the world, right? Everything from you know 
India and Egypt to, you know, Africa to, you know, to the Caribbean, Latin America to the U.S. and and everything in between, right, in my 30 Mm -hmm. years of selling. Um, Do you find for yourself, since you do international sales that, and consulting, that do you modify your approach based on the country or culture that you're selling into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is required for anybody for that matter. Culturally, there is so much of, you know, for example, I would say when I talk about culture, I would say um, response of clients in different regions. You know, uh, back in India, maybe I would say that they might take a little longer to respond. Uh, UAE, maybe a little more longer, even in UAE or maybe Middle East, if I say, you know, when you talk to Saudi, it they just come back after a longer time. Not that because they don't want to, but because that's how the process is for every mm-hmm. organization. But when I talk to clients in Europe or US, um, it's quick. It's to the point. We, can, you know, the, we know exactly whether it's going ahead or not. So depending upon the region, uh, I think we all should modulate because it's not one size fit all. Mm-hmm. But the fundamental remains the same that if you can share or explain the value of what you're bringing to the table, then I think the clients are interested to listen to you or at least respond to you. But yes, to your question, uh, I think we should all, uh, you know, kind of, uh, we should work towards how the culture of that region really accepts um, the conversation. You know, even in India, if you look at it, all the four regions, like the north, south, east, and west, they, they respond very differently. Very different. You know, very differently. The same country, culture. So it's so diverse. So, I mean, obviously, then we should also work in that, uh, in the same direction if you really want to, you know. So modulating yourself to what is required is extremely important, not only in sales, I think in any, um, any, uh, profile you are in uh, you know in the west they call you with your second name in india they don't call you with the second name. even in europe right. they don't call you with the second name so culturally it's so different that you and japan is very that. different too i've sold into japan yeah. and, and um yeah. you know I, I think it's super important to have that level of sensitivity and flexibility yeah. instead of coming in yeah. and having your client or customer adapt to you that you actually adapt to their culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the challenges I wanted to bring forth, Eddie, is that I think most women go through it is when they take a break and come back. That's the toughest time. Uh, I don't know. It's a perception that you can't be as efficient as you were when you became a mother or you, uh, you have a child growing up. That perception or that uh, thought process, it's still there. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I think that's the toughest part for a woman when you're in a frontline kind of a job. If you're in HR or operations, you're sitting at probably you're not client facing and it can still be remotely managed. But when you're a client facing mm-hmm. um, any profile in a service industry, or especially in sales, because you got to travel, you got to talk to your clients. Um, I think that is one area where coming, bringing back women to work has been uh, still a challenge. Uh, still, they're not open to uh, uh, to accept that. 
you know uh, suppose i take a break now as an entrepreneur and i want to go back to the corporate world i'm sure there are thousands of questions which will come up unlike for a man yeah it is a big issue this is this is a huge issue i just did a a survey cuz i'm speaking um this week at a, a a rev genius conference coming up and talking about changing the face of sales and so i did a, an informal survey on linkedin talking about you know why are there more you know not more women in sales simple question yeah. right is it yeah. because of broke culture is it because of uh, women aren't applying is it because of the negative perception in sales and i will tell you as i looked at and we got hundreds of comments um and res- and and uh, and responses and one of the the top reasons that was brought up is women's concerns about their inability to balance um having children and having a family and being in a client facing role and yeah. i just I don't know that I have all the answers to that um but what I do know is that companies particularly with um, I don't know you know if you've seen this in in the Middle East but here in the US millions of women have left the workforce have have been forced to leave the workforce because even today um we still um carry the primary responsibility for unpaid you know work yes. right which is yeah. caring yeah. for yeah. you know your family or you know an uh, elderly parent or whatever that looks like for for you yes millions yes. of women have, have left the workforce and so this concept of how do you address resume gaps because you took off time to care for children yes. um you know is is a big issue um the second thing is is you know how can companies reinvent themselves so that they can provide women with that uh flexibility to be able to maintain a client facing role while at the same time you know raising yeah. raising a family we're forcing women out of the workforce yes. I, i don't know yes. what are your thoughts on that i mean i don't have all the answers all i know is that the is that it's broken right totally i completely agree and i think one of the fundamental things organizations probably forget is that um you know the balance which women brings in into the workforce is is immense you know mm-hmm. especially when they come back from a break they are actually they're much more stronger because you it could be because you're you're you you just delivered or you're taking care i mean that itself talks about the personality of the person that means that person has the empathy to take care and if you welcome the person if you welcome that individual she is going to give in her 200% you know that's something which is forgotten um and that environment has to definitely be created uh, otherwise the imbalance you know i always say you empower a woman you empower a nation this is the reality you know so you empower a woman you empower an organization so uh, if you look back into successful organizations there could have been a lot of women who are actually a part of that ecosystem um you know don't onboard female um 
you know, individuals just because you want to close the diversity gap. That's another thing which I'm saying, you know. And yeah. once you bring them on board, you, want to check you a neglect box. them. You just want to check a box. And then, then what happens is you're actually putting so much effort to prove yourself as an individual. If I have to be a part of that ecosystem just because it's a tick in the box, because everybody knows, oh, we had to fill a diversity uh, you know, um, uh, position because of whatever is the requirement of the organization, you're not given that respect, you're not given that equal opportunity. And then you're constantly, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, everything goes down. It's like a, you know, dominoes effect. It's a vicious right? cycle. So it's a vicious cycle. So if you bought the individual on board, give her that time, space, enablement, empowerment, it is so important because that will definitely reflect in the growth of the organization or the success of the organization. I guess yeah, that's You know so what important. else I don't understand, Lena, is that, and you, and you sort of brought this up, but I'd like to talk about it a little bit further, is that if a woman takes time off to yeah. have children and care for their children, right? So they, they yeah. take... When they come back to the workplace, it's quite often that they are expected to take lesser of a position than they had before they left the industry to to care for children or to take a pay cut to enter back into the into the industry, right? I had a friend of mine, well, she commented actually on the survey that I was talking about earlier, said she took time off. um, I think it was five years. I may be be wrong about that, but it was somewhere in that neighborhood to care for, um, you know, for her kids. And then she came back into a job in sales and she was offered significantly less money to rejoin the workforce. And it has taken her five years to achieve parity um, based, wow. you know, and it's like, but, but I'm not different than the woman I was when I left, you know, when I left the workforce, um, you know, five years ago, in fact, I'm, I'm better and more and have more maturity and, and maybe even a little bit of a different perspective. Right. So, what are, why is that? <laughs> so that's exactly what I'm saying. So that, you know, that when somebody takes a break and comes back, actually, you're more powerful. You know, you're actually more efficient. You're more, uh, you're more able to give your 200% because I think we carry so much of guilt in ourselves as well, right? And we try to put in too much of effort and that happens naturally. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not stereotyping. I'm not saying we are the best in the world. Women are like, you know, come from the heaven. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring that aspect. I know a lot of them and they hear, they'll say, yeah, you're talking about a perfect individual. But what I'm saying is, it is true that when you come back from a work, uh, come back from a break, you are twice as effective as you were when you took that break. Because one, you're constantly thinking that you need to put your best effort one, because of the trust of the, of the organization that they're bringing you back. You need, to, you need to prove yourself because you're responsible, right? But if you don't get that response back from the organization, you, you won't put any effort. And that's when it looks like, oh, see, listen, I, 
I knew once you come from a break, you're not going to be focusing, you're not concentrating. It's not because you as an individual is not, because you're not giving me that environment. You're not giving me that trust. You're not empowering me so that I can do my best. You know, so I guess um, it is so much for the organizations to look into it and definitely dwell upon it because to give that environment to get the best out of that person. Yeah, and I think the other thing it plays into is bias of hiring managers because companies say that they want to close the diversity gap, you know, and that they're committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And they may have, you know, some specific goals around that. But then when it comes to interviewing for these positions, there's inherent bias because like, oh, you know, it's either do I want to hire you because I'm worried that you're going to be leaving soon to go have kids. So, you know, we don't want to invest the time, money, training, whatever to hire you because you're going to leave soon for that. Or, you know, now fast forward, you're past your childbearing years and you've got, you know, you're raising your children. So, oh, you're going to be distracted, right? And you're going to have to go to the you know, doctor's appointments and soccer games and all that. And then even fast forward more, um, now you're too old, right? Yeah, so now your kids absolutely. are out of the house and Very you're aged point. out of the market. So we never win. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, you look across you're generations, right. women are always having to fight for, for a position based on this, right? Yes, yes. It's like you're in when in the modeling field, right? After a particular age, your shelf life is gone. That's typically what is what happens. That after a particular age, you can't take over any, they don't believe that you can take over those roles. Oh, because it's going to be tough. You don't decide for us. This is what I say. Okay. I mean, Amen. they decide for you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I think if companies a, a lot provide of- a better culture and they provide more flexibility, you know, at the end of the day in sales, it's about, it's hard. Okay. And we talked yes. about this earlier. Sales is hard, right? It, it is quota based. You have to meet goals and objective, but it's also, you also own your destiny. And so, yes. you know, at, I think the best bosses that I have had is I don't care if you start work at 5 a.m. in the morning and work, yeah. you know, at 10 o'clock at night and take breaks to go, you know, you know, take your kids to the doctor or to the, you know, go to a soccer game or whatever, whatever it is, right. Take your your daughter to dance class. And as long as you meet your target, I don't care when you do it or how you get there. Um, and, and, you know, just do it, just deliver your target. I don't, don't tell me how you did it. Right. Just do it. Yeah. And yeah, I love that, absolutely. right? Like for me, yes. that is one of the things I really like about sales. And sales to me is very has been very mental, right? So, yeah. it, and it's a hard job, right? There's a lot of rejection. It's it it's it's it is a lot of stress. And so for me, regardless of kids or being a, a you know or being married or a woman, I have to take yeah. breaks anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. In order to be my best self. Yes, yes, I completely agree. I think um, some of my best bosses were also who felt that you are in sales, you know, you're responsible for your numbers. So 
whether you go to pick up your kid, you don't go to pick up your kid, it applies to everybody. It's not because you're a woman. Um, you could probably have that discussion with your partner that who's going to, you know, that is also important, right? Your partner also should be able to help you create that balance. It's not only the organization's responsibility. It's also an internal uh, aspect, which kind of makes you feel more, you know, if, if the responsibility is divided, then it doesn't reflect back on the organization as well. Um, you know, like it or not, we tend to take more, um, I think we tend to take also more responsibilities, even if it's not given, let's accept that, you know, you want to do it perfect, you want to do it right. So I think that's something which we also need to, as women, need to understand that you don't have to do it all. Uh, I remember uh, Indrani Nuri's uh, ex-Pepsi CEO saying that you don't have to do it all. You have to delegate and see what can you, how can you leverage people around you? You know, only yeah. then, you know, only then you will be able to prove also within your organization that you're capable, you're suitable for that role because everybody has a responsibility of, um, you know, going back. And, and of course, the leaders have the responsibility of the numbers and quota. But as long as you are able to uh, prove that point, uh, you know, so take help from everybody else. You don't have to always go for the for the doctor's appointment, you can always delegate it back to your partner or, you know, your family, whoever can help your friend, leverage that. Um, and I've always seen that, you know, successful, I would say, uh, countries who have women leaders, you know, if you look around, those countries who've been so successful have been having women leaders. So that yeah, proves it. I agree. Look at look at around yeah. the world over the last, <laughs> yeah. look at Germany, right? Like, look at, yeah. and there's so many countries. Netherlands. Yes, women yes, leaders Island, that are Island, in the sorry. forefront. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I think a couple of things is sometimes we need to be uh, nice to ourselves, uh, you know, take advantage or, or leverage people around you, be honest, uh, open up and have the conversation with your leaders that this is what I need. Many a times we don't even ask because there's have already that guilt that if I ask, they'll think I'm not capable. And I've seen that with my team members as well, that they wouldn't want to go and ask to my boss because they feel that, oh, if I ask, they'll think I'm not capable and they might move me into a different role. So if you don't ask, you don't get. So be open, be confident and ask, uh, you know, uh, your, uh, oh my God, I don't know why it's, it's something is wrong today. <laughs> um. So I think I love uh, that if you don't ask, a, you don't get. That's that's actually yes. my that I, I swear to God, I, I just felt my mom's um, spirit from from the heavens come down because that's what she always told me growing up. If you don't ask, you don't yes. get. And the other thing is, yes. and the worst thing is, if you ask, you know, the worst thing is they say no. So and who cares? Absolutely, right? Like absolutely, you, you're absolutely. still gonna survive past the no, and and it's not and in sales, it's not personal, right? It's just business. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you should be passionate about that role. Just don't do it because you get the flexibility, or uh, you know, to be not in the office all the time. You can go out, meet clients. So that flexibility is also a lot of people see that you're not always in front of the boss. But sales for me is like a calling. You know, I, I'm sure you will ex agree to it because you've been, you know, far more in that in that space. 
it is a calling it has to be a passion it has to be it has to be you know you have to build that up and then you know stand up for yourself and say you're capable as a woman you're far more capable than uh, that's what i i feel you know in this field that is great advice uh lena how can people get a hold of you uh, i'm on my linkedin um uh, on on my linkedin it's l e n a because they always tend to miss that one e and one n <laughs> i have all of it um and of course uh, you know they can write to me on transdefy l e n a at transdefy.com uh and my number is on linkedin so they can always look up for me on linkedin as well on my for my number that sounds great lena thank you so much for being a part of our episode today boy we really went on a on quite a journey i i really yes. I, I enjoyed our conversation so thank you so much thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and i'm sorry for the technical you know uh, errors which was going through and fro i never wanted it to happen today at least <laughs> oh it's it so. is all good it's uh, it's just you know part of doing business today so don't worry virtual you're yes, awesome yeah thank you so much i i would i mean love to keep in touch with you thank you elvi for giving me this opportunity take care sure. thanks take care bye